Hey Tom, what uh, what do you think we should talk about today? Should we talk about how to build a good foundation when it comes to investing? Mm, think that's too boring? Nah, let's do it. So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey everyone, this is CJ Burnett and Tom Seco. We're financial advisors, owners of Florida Veterinary Advisors, and the hosts of this podcast, the Smarter Vet Podcast. Our mission is to provide education to veterinarians so they can get clarity, take control, feel confident, and experience contentment. If you're listening for the first time, there's a lot of other great resources we have available on our website, such as complimentary race financial CEs, which are available all the time now, assessments, videos, articles. You can find us by Googling our name online, or you can go to flvetadvisors.com. So when it comes to investing, it can be hard to know where exactly to start. Of course, where you start depends on where you're currently at. So you know, do you have investments? Do you have an old 401k through a, a previous employer? Are you a business owner? I mean, that changes the dynamics a lot. It does. So where are you at? What What is your current total household portfolio look like? Because if you're married, it's important to realize that your finances are kind of married too. So we've found that when people follow our four rules, they stand a better chance of not getting swept away with the media and what the whole world is doing and who the next president's going to be and what taxes are going to do. And whenever approaching anything in your finances, you should have foundational rules. This is also incredibly important when investing. So without a foundation, people find themselves making decisions on a whim that could cost them a lot of money. They find themselves wanting to sell their investments at probably the inopportune times. They find themselves really stressed out, right? When you don't have foundational principles, it's really easy to, to not know exactly what you should be doing right now, especially when the world is changing around you. So when markets are volatile or, you know, if even your personal financial plan gets derailed because of a lifestyle event, maybe something that happened in, in your family, then it's going to cause more stress. It's going to be harder to sleep at night, especially when you're, as you get closer and closer to retiring and you know that your investments are even more and more important because those are what's going to be providing you income when you get to retirement. We, we find that so many times when people are talking to us or when we're having conversations with clients, investing becomes a big concern and is a big topic of conversation. So we wanted to spend some time today to give a little bit more perspective on what to consider when investing and not making it drive your financial plan. Let it be part of your financial plan. And some of these rules, like we've made them real simple. Of course, there could be some that you have on your own. We've found that these four that we've designed tend to give people a better starting spot. It gives them a better direction on how to approach things. And, you know, the first rule, CJ, what would you say is the first rule that we talk about all the time? So every, every meeting for the investment side, for people who don't have foundational rules, the first rule is to educate yourself on understanding stocks and bonds and what they are. Stocks and bonds, huh? Stocks and bonds. And I mean, well, it, it extends beyond stocks and bonds, but when you're a business owner, you own 100% of the stock of that veterinary practice. True. So knowing what a stock is, knowing what a bond is, I think is pretty good. So a certain amount of your wealth can be in stocks, 
uh, obviously, unless you're a business owner, sometimes business owners don't want any money in stocks because they have a concentrated, it's considered a concentrated amount of risk when you own one company, 100% of one company, and that one company makes up the vast majority of your wealth. And most why, business owners, that's the case. Why would that be an issue of just having all my wealth in one spot? So when you have the vast majority of your wealth in one company, then your financial plan, your wealth lives and dies by the success of that company. Hmm, think of okay. uh, think of back in the 90s. You remember Enron? Yes. And all those executives that had all of their 401ks invested in Enron stock. And then Enron had, you know, a scandal, I guess you could call it. I don't know what, it was fraud. Something was bad. fraud. They cooked the books and the company was not really making money. And next thing you know, it's it's gone, right? And 100% of people's wealth were just up in smokes within you know a few years of their retiring. A stock is an ownership in a company, piece of ownership. So if you have a lot of one stock in your portfolio, then it's considered more risky for that reason. Because if that one company goes under, if you had two stocks and one company goes under, well, at least you didn't you know, lose all of your wealth. So you know, putting money in conservative assets can balance the risk that you have on stocks because stocks, obviously there's no promise. Bonds, there's a little bit, they're definitely less risky. Um, are they going to provide the best rate of return? Not really, not typically, depending on what, because there's multiple types of stocks. There's multiple types of bonds out there, especially when it comes to stocks. There's large companies, there's small companies, there's value companies, there's growth companies. So there's, there's a bunch of different ways that you can approach stock and stock investing in general. And I think the more you know about conservative assets and how bonds are used, then you can, you can own stocks and manage the risk with bonds. Right. And a lot of investments that are out there today too, is something to keep in mind. They There's a thing called mutual funds. So it's something they will buy a lot of stocks and bonds and then put them into one type of investment. So you can have one investment, but it can be multitudes of stocks and bonds, which is something as you're educating yourself, it's important to take a closer look at that. And even like you got real estate investment trusts, they call them REITs. Mm -hmm. You can get exposure to the real estate market through stocks. Precious metals, precious metals, gold. Like there's a bunch of different things that you can invest in beyond stocks and bonds, right? And so educating yourself of what's available out there is is really the first rule. The first step is to know what are what risk are you taking with within your portfolio as a household, right? With your spouses, don't don't forget that there is a, when you have a spouse, they've got portfolios most likely too. And looking at them combined as a household is is important. And then obviously, you know, I think rule number two. Tom would be to diversify, right? Yeah, diversify. Well, this is a big area that people usually ask us from. What, is, what does that mean? And most commonly, a lot of people look at diversification from making sure that the, the risk that I'm taking inside of my plan, which is a big part of it. And when we talk about risk is, one is how quickly can you turn that into cash? So any money that is being invested, can you turn it into cash, which cash tends to be the safest because, well, it's not going to go up or down. Cash is cash. And at the same time, though, uh, there's also when it comes to diversification, we're also looking at from a tax standpoint. So when you are saving money and you're putting money into different types of investments, it's not only the risk from having more stock ownerships versus bonds. And also at the same time, depending on when you're putting it into buckets that are taxed differently over time. And in the next episode, what we're going to be talking a little bit more is how to diversify a little bit of your tax savings. So when you're putting money into either 401ks or 
taxable investments and real estate and all those other different things. We're going to talk more of how does that work into your plan? That's good. So, you know, there's three different ways to diversify, right? The first one is diversifying among your investments. The second way is diversifying among liquidity. And then the third way is diversifying among tax, like how right. things are taxed. Because you can own the same stuff that's in your 401k. Most of the time, you can own the same stuff in a brokerage account. So you can invest in the same stuff, it just tax differently. The third rule is to rebalance often. What is rebalance? So a lot of people haven't really heard that. You've probably, you might've heard diversification that as a, as a general philosophical investment principle, but rebalancing is something not as talked about. And rebalancing means that over time, as your investments grow at different paces, your portfolio starts to morph into a different allocation. So for instance, if you bought two stocks, 50%, 50%, 50% stock A, 50% stock B, Stock A grows at 10%, stock B grows at 2%. Well, over the course of that year, let's say one year from the time that you looked at it, now you own more in your portfolio of stock A as a percentage of your portfolio. So it's important to know and to be able to rebalance because as time goes by, if one stock grows faster than the other, then you become out of balance rebalancing is selling some of that stock A to buy stock B. And that gets you back to that 50-50 stock A, 50% stock B, 50%. And that gets you back to where you're at. So you want to keep looking at your investment allocations and see what's changing weekly or even monthly to make sure your investments don't shift too far away from the risk that you originally tried to take with your portfolio. And the last rule that we have is rule number four. And this is behave. So this that's is the, that's the hardest one. Yeah, people struggle with this one the most. I think with anything in life, it's like when Thanksgiving comes around and you, you see food in front of you, it's like I keep eating and eating and eating and eating all the time. So it's like behaving to like just even the perspective of investing. That's a hard one that people can do is just buying and keeping it. Yeah, I mean, it's like I can always think of when the times where the market's crashing and you have government officials on every major news outlet out there talking about how bad it is, right? Oh, well, you know, you've got the world falling apart. Stocks are dead. I mean, it's just so doom and gloom. The, that, wheels, are, the wheels are falling off the car. Yeah. Yeah. You know, our economy is going to tank and nothing's going to ever be the same. And it's just so horrible how bad I mean, especially with social media and everything else that's out there right now and the articles that are just so accessible to us. I mean, and everyone's got an opinion. So that behavior, that I think that rule number four is the hardest one to follow because it's because it's the one that's so emotional. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I don't really get emotional when I diversify or when I rebalance. <laughs> I don't really get emotional when I invest in a stock. I get emotional when the stocks or the investment portfolio goes down. Now you don't typically a good thing to remember, especially when it comes to investing is that think of your house for a moment. If you bought your house at $200,000 and five years after you bought it, the market, the real estate market is not doing so well. So if, if you sold your home, you'd get, let's say 150,000. Does that mean you've lost 50,000? Well, no, because you, you haven't done what? You haven't sold the home, right? You don't lose money until you sell it. Even Warren Buffett was asked a question a few years ago where they asked him, hey, how much money did you lose during the, I think it was the 2008 crash. And, and he said, I didn't lose anything because mm -hmm. I didn't sell anything. So true. 
Right. That's, and I, I saw that somewhere online a few years ago thinking, well, when stocks go down, does that mean you lost money? Not really. You don't lose money until you sell it. That's when you lose money. And so a lot of people, when the market's tanking, they, you know, you get emotional and, you know, oftentimes I, I think that's a lot of the times the reason why people hire an advisor is so that the advisor can look at their money unemotionally and help them make rational decisions because it's very hard when the whole world is telling us that, you know, it's never going to be the same and we're going to lose all of our wealth and we're all going to be broke forever. You know, having somebody to at least help ground us can be really good from an accountability perspective. Well, to add to that as well, as I'm thinking here, as we're talking, there's two different ways to be able to help you behave. And the one is, of course, if you are finding someone that kind of keep you logically, keep you focused. But the other thing is to have a plan. And if you're just kind of investing to just invest, you're going to probably be overwhelmed. You're going to be not sure if you're doing the right thing. The market's going sideways, diagonally, up and down. <laughs> Who knows what it's doing? You might kind of have a knee-jerk reaction to feel like you need to get out of it. You know, and you need to board ship and change things. So if you hire someone to help you is one, but if you have a plan is also two, can help you a lot with behaving. That's such a good thing to remember though, because I mean, how often do we find ourselves kind of, I wouldn't say ranting, but you know, right. Upset that people just don't seem to get that their investment. If your plan is entirely depending on your investment performance, then you are never going to have the control that you actually want. Mm -hmm. And do you even know what the control that you want to have? Yeah. It's so funny because everyone wants to talk about investing, right? But the fourth rule, the one that we just talked about is really about behavior. And so much of our financial plan is really built on behavior. It's on our financial decisions. Our success is, is really controlled a lot of the time by us, not by investments. You know, investing is just a, a means to an end, right? And sometimes people don't even know what that end is. Mm -hmm. Well, with all these rules, as we talked about earlier, just to re reiterate them real quick for you, just if you're wanting to write them down or not, you know, first one, educate yourself on stocks and bonds. The second rule is diversify from risk, taxes, and liquid, where you have liquid. The third rule is to rebalance often. So making sure that your risk is within balance very often. And then the fourth rule, the hardest one of them all is behave. So as long as you have some kind of rules in place, we found that these tend to give a lot more consistency to people's plans. And the more that you have them and the more that you're focusing on them, it'll give you a lot more confidence in how you're approaching your finances. And don't forget that you can always look out for a financial advisor, right? They can provide value beyond just investment advice. They can take a comprehensive look at everything that you're looking to accomplish to make sure that your investment strategy is aligned with your plan and those things that you can control. And obviously we're here if you need us uh, at any point in time, you wanna to go to our website, flvetadvisors.com, fill out a, a contact form. We'll have somebody from our team reach out to you. And if you're curious to know about the different advisors you could hire, remember episode seven and eight, Tom and I went through like, I think it was nine different scenarios where you wanna hire a financial advisor was the first one. And the second one was different types of financial advisors. So yeah, we give to, you kind of a highlight view of that. Yeah, make sure how to differentiate them. If you're listening to this episode on Apple Podcasts, make sure to you know rate us, write us a review. If not, go to our Facebook page, like us, start following us on Facebook because that would really help us to get the word out about what we're doing. And if you're not ready to invest or maybe you are investing and you're just looking to 
find out any of the holes that you might have in your plan and you want to make sure your personal finances are together in the right way, we might suggest that you go to our website and go take our assessment that's on the front of our website called Test My Plan. It's a brief 10-question assessment, give you an overview of some of the areas that maybe you're not very aware of or maybe some spots to start looking at. And if you're, let's say you're a practice owner and you're looking to retire or sell your practice in the next 10 years, reach out to us. We actually do a lot with planning from that perspective and we can be able to get you focused and get you a plan in place. This is CJ Burnett. And I'm Tom Seco. Wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Success, success, success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. CJ Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CJ Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veneer Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purposes only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. This material is intended for general use. By providing the content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. The individuals associated with Florida Veterinary Advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Submission number 2023-151153 expires February of 2025.